I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Does this season feel like it's passing you by? Well, we're here to talk about the players and teams making an impression on us. Like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash windsider. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com. That's windsider.com. And remember, downloading the episode makes our stats look better and allows us to continue doing this important work. Rachel, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Ready to talk a little hoops, ready to watch a little more games tonight, you know, just just taking the season in stride. That's all you really can do. And it's been a really tough season. I feel like I've talked about this on every episode that we've done, but like the way that the schedule is made where like some teams are playing two games and some teams are playing like 15 games at this point (laughs) is just so hard to get a grasp of where these teams shake out and what we're seeing. Something that stood out to me, and maybe maybe it's a little recency biased, but the the Washington Mystics, you know, I'm not going to say that it was a beautiful win that I saw from them last night against the Lynx as we record this, <laughs> but watching them, like, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing in the sense of they're finding a way to make do with what they got with a team that, like, was still, I don't care what anybody says, it was it's a team that's built to be around Elena Deladon. Right. Like, yes, Tina Charles is going off and playing amazing. Ariel Atkins having a great, uh, a great season. Uh, Maisha Hines Allen was a little bit slow getting off, but now she's just been beast moding. Um, But this team's an exciting and a fun one. And I think that's a testament to Coach T and the hard work uh, that he's put in throughout his whole career. What are your thoughts on the Mystics and the way that they've been able to grind it out? Like I thought I, I think I saw Anila tweeted out yesterday after the win, how the phrasing was just funny because the Mystics now rose to three and five, I believe it is, and the and the Lynx dropped to three and five. <laughs> that is interesting. I didn't catch that one. No, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm really impressed with Maisha Hines Allen. She's like just playing at another level, and it's a great um, testament to just kind of the opportunity on the floor right now. I mean, you said it yourself. This is – actually, I think it was it was Coach T who said, you know, like they, they're literally just, just trying to get to the Olympic break and like make the best out of what they have. Like not, not that they're limping into it. This team is super competitive. I mean, especially when they're rolling offensively, but then there's also times where you feel like, okay, they, they low a little bit offensively, but I mean, they're going to be in my opinion in almost every game um, that, that they're, they're in, I mean, headed up into that break. And yeah, this isn't even a complete roster. I mean, obviously Elena Deladon timetable is still questionable. There's still questions out there surrounding Emma Neeson and unless I'm mistaken, but um, yeah, I'm impressed with with Washington. They're kind of like silently like floating just under the radar a little bit, like just kind of staying afloat. And once they really get this whole roster together or, you know, continue to play as well as they are and maybe even elevate it to, you know, defensively getting them a few more stops than what they've been able to get. I mean, it's still so early in the season to count anyone out at this point. I mean, I guess you might be able to say the Indiana Fever, but. <laughs> really, I mean, at, at any point, a team could catch stride and really take off. 
Oh, totally. And they're one of those teams where like I in no way, shape or form, you know, are going to am going to stand here and say, oh, I see them going to the finals or heck, mm-hmm. even the semifinals. And maybe that's, you know, billboard material post or whatever the term is. But what but there's... be surprised if they didn't, you know, like if it gets to September and they make a deep run and say they're healthy and they've got everybody back. I mean, would we really be that surprised? Exactly. And also, I would say that even as, as this roster is built now, the, like, all right, there's that classic cliche of any team, any night, you know, like we, we could mm-hmm. see any any team in the league. I don't care where you're rated. I'm going to throw a clog into that and just say the way the Indiana Fever have been playing, it, it, that's not true. Right. But the way the Washington Mystics play, I don't care where they're ranked we're talking playoffs. You don't want to play them in a one and done talking regular season. You don't want to play them in a rain like you got to bring your A game against mm-hmm. this team. They're going to frustrate you. I am like, I'll still have questions about Natasha cloud. And, uh, and this is something that I would love to talk to her about. Honestly, we got to get her on the show because what I've seen in her game this season is a little bit more reminiscent of two seasons, two seasons ago that she played right before they won that championship, a little bit more hesitation, a little bit more focus on facilitating versus being an offensive threat. That's the one for me. Is there another team unless you want to keep on the mystics, but is there another team uh, that's standing out or another player that comes to mind when you say, when you think of uh, a positive impression on you. I'm really blown away with the Dallas wings. I mean, I, I mean, maybe again, maybe it's the freshness factor or whatever. When we're recording this on hell, I don't even know what day it is. What is Wednesday? Uh, they, they were really impressive in their win last night. And, and what I think is most intriguing and I tweeted it out, um, their losses have come from a combined, I think 23 points. So in every game that they're playing, every every loss that they've had, you know, they're they're right there in the mix. I mean, they've 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 beaten Seattle, they've gone toe to toe with them. I, I really, really am intrigued with this Dallas Wings team. They have so many offensive weapons and the pace that they play is a problem for so many teams. Um, the question comes, okay, well, you know, their their ability to rebound the basketballs is has been really good. A lot of that has to do with the pace that they play at. Um, but can they step, take their defense up to that next level um, to, you know, not to, to play with the speed that they want to play it, but also defend the way um, it's required to really be at the top of the league um, from a defensive standpoint. I'm really impressed with, with the wings. I mean, just across the board, this team is a problem. I mean, I don't think you look at, no one in this league is looking at Dallas going like, oh, you know, this is a lottery team and, you know, they're four and five and like we can cruise through this one. They can beat anyone, literally anyone. And, and well, they literally just beat the best team. I mean, in the league. Yeah, they're, they're so dangerous. So that's the team right now. I think, I think in my opinion, this is the most exciting team in the league right now. Um, just from how fun they are to watch, you know, you'd probably throw Las Vegas in there as well, especially, uh, you know, the way I, I personally, as a post player, I'm so accustomed to uh, watching the game, but Dallas, the Dallas wings are the most exciting team in the league right now. Yeah, no, I completely agree. They're they're the most exciting team. They're the team that going into mm-hmm. this season, I was like, okay, they're not necessarily going to be the best team, mm-hmm. but they are going to be the most exciting team. And very similar to like the Seattle Storm are an exciting team, right? But they're not on the same level as the Wings are this year. And I'm not talking again. We're not talking about how good this team is, and if they're going to win the championship, we're talking about excitement. Like when you watch a Dallas Wings game, I mean. First of all, Marina Mabry, that whole story is ridiculous, amazing. You love to see it. And that's a player 
forget the team. I want to talk about Mabry. The confidence that she's playing with. The but I'm not even talking about like often when we talk about players who are stepping up offensively or just on any side of the court, we talk about the confidence. But the way she backs it up with the way she walks the walk and talks the talk and literally talks the talk. Um she's she's the type of player that I love to see. I love a player who is not afraid, you know, to get in a vet's face and talk a little smack. I love a player who's, you know, shooting like fire and is going to put up some crazy shots, but also is smart enough and well aware enough to know, look who my teammates are. They can make shots also. Um, and also the fact that like, I saw a little scuffle between her and Skylar Diggins. <laughs> I, I just love the fact that they, they both went to Notre Dame. And so it's like, you might think that, Oh, there's going to be this like lovey dubbiness between players who, who have like the oh, same no. school, but no, not at all. I love the rivalry and the Mercury wings games. That's a rivalry in my book. I mean, it might as well be, especially when you talk about some of the roster changes we've seen, Aggie, Skylar, Diggins, Smith. But I mean, Marina Mabry, this is who she is. It's who she's always been. You know, from the early days of her learning to play basketball, she's had that edge to her, and it's so unique, and she carries it, like you said. Um, it, it's, been, it's been fun to see it translate over from college to kind of now where she is. Um, and just her young WNBA career. And I think there's some comfort there, you know, playing with a really young roster, right? I mean, like you said, not afraid to get in anyone's face and compete. I mean, we're told, we're talking about ultra competitors and her and Skylar Dickens-Smith, but I have to imagine that, you know, this Dallas Wings roster, it is young. I know we're not supposed to keep talking about it and all that sort of stuff, but that's got to help too. You know, as a, as a young player, being able to come in and take some ownership right away, um, and just kind of be yourself and, and play with that edge that, that that's when that you, that's when you're, you're your best. So it has been really cool to see her thrive. I mean, she's completely stuffing the stat sheet right now, averaging just under 19 points a game, literally six rebounds per game, doing a phenomenal job, rebounding the ball from the guard perspective, shooting it exceptionally well, 43% from beyond the arc. I mean, she's shooting 40, 50% just from the field. Uh, so she's having a hell of a year. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, she should be up there in the same conversation of most improved. Oh, yeah. And I like her, her stat line is ridiculous. Like she's entering an elite level uh, <laughs> with the percentages that she's shooting. And it's quite ridiculous. Another player um, who and actually, you know what? I'm going to take a moment and call myself out. I definitely threw shade at Mabry, you know, question <laughs> the Dallas Wings, why they would give her this roster spot uh, associated it pro like it's way too much at this point. It's obvious now I can look back 2020. I was wrong. I gave too much credit to the fact that, you know, her and Enrique have a past and that's part of the reason she was there. And now I see she's there because she's a freaking baller. Now I, I was never questioning her being a baller, right? Like obviously she's amazing. She's part of the 144, but there was questions in my mind. I look stupid now. I'm adult <laughs> enough to call it out. I call myself out. Another player who's standing out is Nia Coffey. But before we get to that, Let's talk about our sponsor. Support for the Windsider Show is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your personal space. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, 4.0. Join over 2 million men and women worldwide who have trusted Manscaped. With this exclusive offer, you can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WINSIDER20 at Manscaped. 
lawnmower.com. I'm one of the first to try the new Lawnmower 4.0 and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and detail are next level. Manscaped engineered the ultimate body trimmer by focusing on intelligent, functional, and incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident in safe shaving, and so will you. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And did I mention wireless charging? The new wireless charging system helps the battery length last longer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WINSIDER20 at manscaped.com. And trust me, you won't regret this. And we're back to talk about Nia Coffee. We got to talk. Now, am I a little biased towards Nia Coffee because she's from Minnesota? Yes. But keep in mind that the school she went to was my high school's rival, so we got beef. Mm-hmm. Nia Coffee is an amazing story of a player who has been around this league and just really hasn't been able to get a foothold, right? And now she does in L.A., and she is just exceeding expectation after expectation after expectation. What are you seeing from Nia Coffee that you like? Because I know, like, she, I feel like she's that perfect player for you and I because she's got the mix of the flashy, like, big big plays, but also she plays some great post ball. And go. Yeah, I mean, one thing I'll say about Nia Coffee, and you kind of mentioned it right there, was the fact that, you know, it really comes down to opportunity. You know, she's on an LA Sparks roster that there was a need for someone to step up and really elevate their game into that next level. She's doing a phenomenal job averaging 10 points a game, just under five rebounds, uh, doing a really good job on the defensive end of the floor, in my opinion. She's shooting the ball. I mean, from 54% from the three-point line, I'd have to check, but I mean, that is that, that's gotta be one of the top in the league. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, she, she's done really well. I'm surprised. I'm not going to say I didn't count her out. Um, but this is a player that I have to give her credit where credit is due seizing an opportunity. And, and a lot of times it's hard, it's hard to get that chance. You know, look at even Benajah Laney last year in the bubble in 2020, getting that opportunity with the Atlanta dream. And we finally got to see what a player like that was capable of doing. So, um, you know, not that I'm comparing the two to each other. I'm just comparing, you know, just getting that shot, getting that chance uh, when, when, when there's room or a need on a roster to fill that role. Uh, I'm going to say that she is ranked, according to the league website, at least I'm looking at it and three point percentage. She does rank number one. I mean, but also something uh, I, sorry if I spaced out while you were saying it, as I (laughs) pulled up her stat real quick on that, she's averaging 2.1 blocks a game. I mean, what she already has 15 blocks this season that's pretty ridiculous Mm -hmm. considering like all right granted in atlanta in 2019 she had 13 blocks but every other season it's it's been single digits i mean just props to her she's a player that's really stepping up uh and grabbing the limelight another player that i want to shout out who's been playing really well uh even though she kind of or they kind of struggled uh last night Mm -hmm. lasia clarendon she's a player who I have been very open. I'm not a fan of her style of play, mm-hmm. but I'm also very open to the fact that I can be wrong about opinions, as this episode is proof of. She has really given the Lynx something that they were missing, mm-hmm. right? That calm, cool, collective, solid facilitator as an offensive threat and a defensive threat. And the thing that I've noticed the most about her game is she, similar to Coffee similar to Mabry is taking advantage of the opportunity. She gets cut by New York and which some could say was unexpected. Some can say 
you know, there was some writings on the wall, but at the end of the day, she's taking full advantage of this opportunity and she's playing amazing with high intensity and speed. Rachel, talk about a guard. I know you only want to talk about bigs. So talk to me about this guard real quick. No, I I, I love it for, I, I love it. I mean, they're, they're just absolutely killing the game. I think being super efficient, um, rebounding the basketball, shooting really well, getting themselves to the free throw line. I mean, like you said, just an opportunity to come in and help this Lynx roster. You know, they haven't quite figured it out quite yet. It, it feels like you know, even Cheryl Reed is still trying to figure out what makes this team go, what makes them the most efficient. Um, but Clarendon has really come in and been a steady force. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled. I'm really, really thrilled for her, and and and, and I'm excited to see what you know they can continue to do. I, I, I really feel like um, just been an efficient year, and, and maybe a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. You know, I mean, and and I would too. Um, a little playing with a little bit of edge. I love everything about it. I, I, I hope. I hope she keeps it going. Yeah, me too. And and we look at, you know, what they've been able to do this season. 12 points in her first game in in their first game for Minnesota. 14 points uh in the next game. And uh, correction, great game against Washington, 14 points, Phenomenal six job. turnovers. Phenomenal job of sharing the basketball. Phenomenal job of sharing the basketball. Yeah, and well, my thing is that what they've been able to do is bring something bring like I said before, just like a calmness to it where I don't know what's going on with Crystal Dangerfield, but I will say that, and, and we'll, we'll finish up the episode after this, but I will say that Cheryl Reeve had some quote, and I'm forgetting the exact stat, but it was something like, you know, if you look at Crystal Dangerfield's stats through a game, they're pretty good. If you look at her stats for the first half and like most of the third quarter, they're not that good. But if you look at her stats for the end of the third quarter to the fourth quarter, it's ridiculously yeah. good yeah. and it evens out. And are they, you know, do you start considering playing somebody beforehand so that, you know, Crystal can just come in in Crystal time? Or I don't know what the deal is. Minnesota is an enigma. We're going to have to do a whole episode on that uh, all in its own. But the one thing that I do want to get to real quick before we log off for this episode, uh, Darius22 on Twitter did follow up and ask us a question. I thought we skipped the all-star game during the Olympic years, but I thought I heard something about plans being made for that. Is that contingency plan or what? From my understanding from the interview, I believe it was in Dallas actually uh, with Kathy Engelbert. Uh, there will be, it's just a matter of when uh, and not if, uh, if you look at the breakdown based on the Olympics and the Olympic break for the WNBA, there is time to do one. It'll be interesting how they pull it off. Uh, what, you know, typically, at least for Rachel and I, like All-Star Game is a time where media can get together and hang out uh, and, you know, swap stories and have a good time and meet Actually, fans and whatnot. Together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ho hopefully we'll get to. Who knows? Especially after all this COVID stuff. Uh, it's going to be a crazy one. Rachel, any predictions real quick for tonight's games? Who do we even Should have? We do it? I, I, need to, I need to even realize. Who do we have? Storm versus Dream and Fever versus Sky. Oh, I'm going. Ooh, is uh, Kennedy's back? I believe. I could be wrong. I thought I saw that somewhere on Twitter. I've been really, really swamped with work, so bear with me. I'm gonna go Seattle, and then Fever and Sky. I'm gonna give it to Chicago. Yeah. Well, from my understand, well, Kennedy is not starting, uh, and even if she is, doesn't affect my pick. Seattle, <laughs> Chicago. Chicago's back in the win column with Candace Parker on there. Yeah. I guess. Uh, 
We'll have to get more exciting next time. You have to keep. We, are uh... you keeping the tally? Are you keeping the tally? I have a tally somewhere. Also, um, I can tell which games. I'll I'll, I'll create a real tally. We'll get going. <laughs> okay. We'll we'll start now. <laughs> I think you're. I think I think you're up one game. Let's All just. Right. I'll give you a one game handicap. I don't even need a handicap. I don't need it. All right. All right. We'll see. We'll see. You you barely beat me last year, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Have a good one.